Welcome to Welcome Heart, Living a Legacy Life podcast. My name is Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com. What better legacy than to open our hearts to God and open our lives and homes to others? Jesus said, love me, love your neighbor. Sounds like a legacy life to me. Thank you for joining me. Hello, today I'm happy to introduce you to my new friend, Lisa Apollo. Did I say that correctly? You did. Apple oh, Lynn. goody. Lisa lives in Florida. She has two kids uh, left at home still and five who have flown the nest. And uh, Lisa is an author and a speaker, and she inspires women to have hope and to grow deeper in their faith uh, through grief, which is not the most cheerful subject of the world at any given day. But it's a it's a subject that we need to address because we all have losses. Wouldn't you agree, Lisa? Yes. And, you know, as you said that, I thought to myself, this is not the area that I wanted, you know, the ministry that I sought from the Lord. Um, in fact, you know, I had, I, when, when God called me to write, I really tried to write about some other things like homeschooling and some other things and God just shut those doors and I have just leaned into it. It sometimes is a very sober subject, right? But you are right that when we begin to get to know those around us and get a little bit below the surface of the, you know, how are you doing conversations? Mm. We realize how many people are walking through shattering losses and grief have experienced right. it. Mm. And that was one of my questions. What made you begin writing? Oh, well, I, sorry, I jumped ahead. Oh, no. Yeah. So, um, my story here really begins about 10 years ago when my husband, I woke up, I was married to my high school sweetheart. He was my first date and my only date. Wow. And life was not perfect. We did not have a perfect marriage, but if you had asked me 10 years ago, it was the, it was the life that I wanted. You know, we had seven kids in the home. Life was super busy. <laughs> um, and on a Friday morning, I woke up. It was still dark to his funny breathing on the pillow next to mine. And I wasn't even awake enough to open my eyes, but I just kind of instinctively reached my hand over and nudged him and said, it's just a nightmare, hun. Fully expecting he would roll over and then we would fall back asleep and we would wake up to his alarm in a couple hours. Does he but have, as a, did he have nightmares? Is that why you even You know, he that? would wake up snoring. It was oh, very yeah. common for him to mm-hmm. snore, but this was a, I guess that I was awake and awake enough to sense that this was a not just a snore, but kind of a unusual, hmm. you know, breathing. And um, and as I woke up more, I realized he hadn't stopped that unusual breathing. I flipped on the overhead light. And I could see immediately something was very wrong. He was unresponsive. Hmm. And this had come with no signs or symptoms or warning of any kind. And so, you know, went into crisis mode. I called 911. My kids were on sleeping bags right outside of our bedroom and they heard me calling out to him. The big ones came in and little one had, my four-year-old had kind of crawled into bed between the two of us and just, man, the way life, just the surrealness of these moments that are just forever engraved, you know, in, in all of my senses, but we, I started not, um, CPR on him and I didn't even get through two rounds when the paramedics came. So oh, they were right outside ask, of our neighborhood. I was going to ask you how long did it take for them to come? Cause that's always yeah. a worry, worry to me. Like how long will it take? I know it. They are, the fire station is right outside of our neighborhood. And so when they came, I was like, I knew it was quick. And so I was like, he is in good hands. He's going to be so mad when he wakes up and realizes that he has to miss work today. Um, 
they, I could hear some good. They shushed me out of the room and I, you know, walking in that room next to my bedroom, I just was praying out loud, you know, God have mercy on us, Lord have mercy on us. Mm. Um, and my kids by this time were upstairs. They took him by ambulance to the, to the emergency room. And I went upstairs to go talk to my kids before I left to go to the emergency room as well. And I will never forget walking into their room, into the boys' room. They were all huddled together. It was still dark, crying. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to say, it's it's going to be okay. He's going to be okay. Like that's the mom in us, sure. right? Of course. We want to fix it. And as those words were forming on my tongue, I realized I cannot tell, I can't promise them that. Mm-hmm. And so I knelt down and I prayed with them and I told them the only thing that I could, which is that I would be back. I would be back. And I went to the hospital and it was not long after I got there that they took me into the room. You never want to go into, it's the counseling room. You want to go into the patient room. And the uh, our doctor told me that they had worked on Dan for over two hours and they had never been able to revive him. Oh my goodness. And so that was it. I mean, just in the space of one night's sleep, life shattered in every way imaginable for us. Hmm. How old was he? He was 46. So young. Did they do autopsy? Is that too nosy to ask? No, that is not. They did do an autopsy. They required it, which was because he was so young Mm -hmm. and I was glad we wanted answers. And he had um, cardiomyopathy, which is treatable. We hear mm-hmm. it in the news now because of the last two years we've been through. It can be viral, it can be genetic. Um, but had he known, and I have medical people in my family who treat patients with this all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be a pacemaker, could be um, prescription medication, but we didn't know. And I just, you know, it didn't take me long to process that. I did have to for sure process that with the Lord, that uh, God could have saved him, that he mm-hmm. could have given us the warning. A clue of some sort. But in when you, God's, when you When you tell your kids God is in control and yet their dad still dies, how do you, how do you talk to them about that? You know, one of the verses we had memorized as a family was Psalm 139. I think it was one of the first verses we memorized. Mm-hmm. And I used to wake up in the morning reciting that verse, kind of stealing a few minutes more in bed. And one of the, uh, Psalm 139, 16 says, every day was recorded in your book before one of them came to be. Wow. And that verse came back to me and held me. It had, I did not realize, maybe I did, how much memorizing scripture, how much being in the word, just those everyday day in, day out times that we have that's forming our theology for us. Mm. And it is aligning us so that when we go through a hardship, because it's not if, right? Mm-hmm. It may not look like ours did, but we will all go through loss. We will all go through suffering. Mm. We will all go through <clears throat> unexpected hard and when we go through that time, boy, those verses that we have learned, that those scriptures that we have, you know, um, studied, they just, they're like anchors for us. Hmm. Wow. Well, that is such um, a sad, sad story. Um, I, and I say, but, but I don't mean, but like it's, it's not any less sad, but God has definitely put his hand on you to, for you to even be able to speak this calmly it's only been 
10 years, did you say? It's been 10 years. Yes. I mean, I have a little tear in my eye. You can't see. Yeah, I can um, kind of see it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it <clears throat> is grief definitely softens. And uh, I, I thought that there were, I would never really smile again. I mm. thought, you know, I will, I don't think I'll ever really have that joy that just bubbles up from those moments that God gives us that are just beautiful. I, you know, maybe, maybe I'll, you know, raise my kids the best I can, but I don't think I'll ever smile again. Oh, wow. And thank goodness that's not true. That if we do the hard work of grief and if we will trust God, he does restore joy to us. Hmm. What do you mean by the hard work of grief? Well, we can't escape it. We can't, there's no shortcuts through it. How I wish when I sit with new widows or people in new loss, how I wish I could say here, here's the shortcut mm -hmm. because I can see their pain and their anguish, but there are no shortcuts. There's no way to, you know, if we try to, I always said, if we don't deal with grief on our terms now, then it's going to come back on its terms later. And so we have to deal with, we have to meet it, but there are ways to deal with it. The Bible gives us a lot of ways. One is lament. We see that all through the world. We see that in the Psalms. And so that if we will grieve, we will take our pain and our anguish and our questions and our hard emotions to God and then lay them there and trust him. You know, it's like saying, Lord, I am hurting, but I trust you. Lord, I don't understand why this would happen to us, mm -hmm. but I trust you. I don't, I am fearful of the future, but I trust you. Mm -hmm. That is all lament. And it is a way to process our grief. Uh, give me the title of the book. I had it, but I want the whole tagline as well. Okay. It's called Life Can Be Good Again, mm -hmm. Putting Your World Back Together After It All Falls Apart. Life Can Be Good Again. Boy, that sounds yeah. like it's a book for every single person. Yeah. <laughs> because we, we all go through some sort of grief. Yes, it is definitely a book that is not just for widows. It is not just for people who've experienced, um, you know, the loss of a loved one. There are a lot of ways that a life can shatter. It could be a divorce. It could be a spouse who walks out and says, I never loved you or um, even job loss. You know, I have a dear friend who she and her husband had put their heart and soul and money and sweat into a business and something happened and it was gone and it just shattered you know, so much of their life. Mm. Um, it could be a diagnosis. It could be a chronic diagnosis for you oh or for somebody in your family that just changes life, life as we know it. Um, you keep using the word shatter. Why did mm. that come to you? For me, and I think for so many, I hear people describe it this way. Um, you know, when that doctor told me, you know, we haven't been able to revive him. It felt like he took, like my life was this Venetian vase that we had been working on, that this marriage that we had, it hadn't just happened. We had worked hard, you know, to get through these stresses and struggles and arguments and just, you know, just, we had worked hard to shape our family. We were, we had a vision for our children and our family. Mm -hmm. And it felt like this Venetian vase that somebody had just dropped Hmm. And it shattered and it would never, there was no way to put those pieces back together again. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, what, what I didn't see then that I know now is that while life will never be the way it was, God can come in and take those pieces and reshape us in ways and build new beauty. And it's not what we would have expected or maybe even what we wanted, or, you know, this is not the life I chose. And yet God brings that new beauty in 
for us. Um, that reminds me of a question I wanted to ask you. You say um, it's not plan B, what happens mm. to us. It's chapter two. Um, I've used, I've heard the expression plan. Well, this is plan B. And we usually say it kind of lightly, like we thought we were going to go to, uh, you know, go shopping all afternoon, but instead our husband had other plans that we weren't, you know, that's a plan B. That sounds so light, so inconsequential, but we are talking about life and death. So, and your life being shattered by something. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean? Uh, it's not a plan B it's chapter two. You know, I thought that I would just make the most out of life. This isn't what I wanted. I'm dealing now with the leftovers of the life that I wanted, mm. but I will just make the most of this life. And somewhere in the second year of grief, it was not early on. I was just being very honest with the Lord in my quiet time. And I said, not audibly in my thoughts, I don't like my life. And on the heels of that thought came this. While I did not expect this, God had allowed it. And as such, it was not a plan B. It was not second best. God does not give his children second best or the leftovers of some other life. This was an intentional and purposeful chapter two. And so as such, it had as much abundance and joy and good this side of Dan's loss as all the days before. Mm. And I didn't immediately, you know, just say, okay, well, I feel all better now. What a, what a <laughs> yeah. bow on everything. Right. Um, but what I, what it did do is it realigned my heart or my, really my thoughts to the truth until my heart caught up until my emotions caught up. Mm. That's so good. Um, and do you still find yourself becoming despairing or despondent? Not, not, I have to really think about that. That's a good question. Um, it's no, I, I do sometimes or often feel the gaping hole of loss. I'm not remarried. And if mm. you told me that 10 years ago, I would have been very upset. I wanted to be married. I, I love gonna, marriage. I was going to ask you that offline if you were. No, I am not. And I'm open to it. I think for a long time, I was just really focused on my children, sure, making sure that they were okay. Um, but you know, so in my parenting, you know, at every dinner, at every milestone that my kids hit, at every Christmas, we feel the gaping hole of Dan not being there. Even going through a parenting struggle where I'm trying to figure out, you know, how to get my children, even my adult children, you know, counseling them through something. I will sometimes think, oh, he could have just spoken into this so well. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't give into the lie that this wouldn't have been happen. This wouldn't happen. Like, oh, my kids wouldn't be dealing with this, or I wouldn't be dealing with this struggle, or I wouldn't be having a hard time, you know, in general with parenting if he were here. That's just mm. a lie. And God is a perfect father. Mm. And so the only thing that keeping hold um, of loss does for me is it just, it just makes me lean on God. You know, it requires me to lean on God. I don't have somebody on this side of, you know, earthly husband to go to, to say, Hey, let's talk this through. Or what do you think? Or what's your counsel? Or can you take over? <laughs> I have to rely on the Lord and he's been so faithful, Sue. Have you found that your kids are bitter? Uh, they, because they are younger. I, I guess that was a kind of a rude question. I no. would think that when we would say to our child, well, this is God's will, that could make them feel a little upset with a God who would take their dad. That's mm -hmm. my question. That's my question. How do you comfort a young, a younger child who hasn't been through anything quite so horrible? 
Right. I have not seen bitterness so far in my kids. Now I still have two that are, that are being formed and their mm-hmm. faith is being formed. Mm-hmm. Um, I pray that they will see me honestly walking these things out, not just slapping a platitude or a bandaid over it, but saying it's okay to say, this is painful. Mm. And I wish my dad was here. And at the same time saying, but God, I am trusting you in this. I'm dependent Mm. on you in this. You, I need you in this. I need your counsel. Mm. Um, And the way we walk our kids through it is just like that. There is, you know, everybody grieves differently. Children for sure grieve differently than adults. A four-year-old is going to grieve differently than a teen, a girl, than a boy. Mm. Um, And so just honestly walking them through. And I think we provide a safe place for them to ask questions and I think that we keep the conversation open. Hmm. You know, it's too thing. much. Grief is too heavy, especially for a four-year-old to carry right. all at the same time. And so they'll kind of go in and out. They'll play all day. And then at night when they're laying their head on the pillow, it'll come to the sure. surface. Hmm. So being open, you know, for my teen daughter, 17-year-old, she always wanted to have the conversation at 1130 at night when I was oh, exhausted, sorry. ready to go to bed. And she'd be like, can you talk? So I think just being, just keeping that conversation open and, and showing them that how we are honestly walking through it. Hmm. Um, We have a few minutes left and I, you know, this podcast is about legacy and I can probably figure out what your legacy is because it's uh, you've expressed how to go through grief um, so beautifully, but what would you say is the legacy you want to leave for those who know and love you? Uh, for sure. I've thought a lot about legacy, uh, knowing that Dan has his legacy is already, you know, done. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope that my kids and my grandchildren will see me as a woman who trusted God on the good days and on the hard days and not perfect. Boy, they can see me not be, be perfect, but that I trusted the Lord and that um, my faith just grew deeper and deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. And uh, what has been the most challenging for that, to be able to do that legacy? Yeah, I think the most challenging is that we live with our kids and they see us. Mm-hmm. You know, we can't yeah. preach can't, one thing you can't and hide live from another. Them, huh? Yeah, We cannot. And I'm a homeschooling mom, so yeah. they are with me. You know, we I have had my moments of frustration in teaching and in parenting. But in those times to just say, you know, I, I messed up to humbly apologize and to say, this is why I need a savior. Hmm. I'm not perfect. I hope that you will, over the course of time, see me, see God's work in me and see me become more like Christ five years from now than I am now. But this is why I need a savior. This is why we need a savior. Hmm. And how do you display God's welcoming heart in your life? And I don't mean Hmm. just hospitality. I mean, being winsome for Jesus. Yeah, that's a great question. I think for me, when God, when my heart shattered, I remember saying to the Lord multiple times, Lord, I am broken open. You might as well clean me out now. (laughs) And I think one of the things, if we will let God, God can take these times where we are shattered and broken open and reshape us like his son. And I think one of the things that I see in myself, but I also see it in others who've walked through hardship is a heart of compassion. You know, I thought I was compassionate before, right. but now I think I have so much more compassion for those who are struggling and going through really difficult things. 
and then my, you know, heart is in ministry to, to, um, you know, this weekend we'll be be having our first in-person widows gathering for widows of all ages and stages Mm. locally. Uh, but just to meet with women, to teach them in my local church and to um, meet with them over coffee or when I'm speaking, just listen to them Hmm. and enter into that place of hurt with them. Hmm. Lisa, what a beautiful ministry that people who are listening are, are thinking, I hope I don't have to do it the same way. But what's so beautiful is that you say you love Jesus even more now. And I think that's something we all want. We want to love Jesus more. And I can see that in your life and through your life. You have so many resources on your website. Where can people find you? The best place to find me is at my website, lisaapolo.com. It's two P's and one L. And that's the hub where they can find um, articles or, you know, all of my social media connections. They can get freebies there. Okay. And aren't you um, offering something just for the holidays? I am. So I've got a resource for the holidays. Holidays are hard. And that is a time when we just can feel the loss, uh, really Mm. just stand out in relief. You know, everybody else is celebrating and gathering with family and that empty chair at the table is so hard to see. And so I have a resource there. If you will go to lisaaplo.com, you will find that resource there. Okay. Thank you so much. And you will be giving away a copy of your book, say the name again. And then if you will comment on this uh, episode, either on uh, YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram, or just send me a little email. Sometimes people do that. We will enter your name into the giveaway. Go ahead and repeat the name of your book. Sure. So the book is called life can be good again, putting Mm. your world back together after it all falls apart. Wow. Wow. Life can be good again. Lisa, you've Mm. been such a blessing. Thank you so much for spending this time with us. And I hope your widow's conference goes well. I know it will and be the first of many. We need you you. so much. We need your message. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.